Tap shoes. Freedom. Sparkles. Vulnerability. I'm Lauren. And I'm Sadie. And And welcome welcome to the Grab Bag Podcast. Today we're going to be discussing musicals. So let's get into it. So, a little backstory uh, about us, just a little bit. So, we're identical twins, and we've been doing musical theater together since we were five. So almost just about 13 years. Just about 13 years. We're 18 now. We'll be 19 in February. So, musicals mean a lot to us, and, you know, lots of people kind of from the outside think they're chintzy or dorky, but they've actually uh, shaped our lives in a really meaningful way, and I think have a lot of uh, context to offer about why humans emote the way they do and our thought process and, you know, having emotional courage and things like that. So uh, let's start going. All right. So let's just talk about musicals and why we like them in general. Like, what is the draw? What is the what is the appeal to musical theater? So I love musicals because they're spontaneous and in no other place in society do you get to be as spontaneous as you are in a musical theater piece. There's something about the music, the type of music, like show tunes in particular, that's so special because there's that contextual part of it that you don't get with other music that's put out in the world. So just knowing the exact purpose of a song is just like really magical and special. And you can like think back on like certain moments when you're listening to it at home. And I just think that's really lovely. I would agree with that, definitely. I think, like, doing theater since our parents pushed us to when we were little was what drew me to it, but really getting obsessed into, like, the whole musical fandom and liking certain musicals was really Wicked the Musical. was like, that was the first musical that I just absolutely fell in love with, die hard, like, couldn't stop thinking about it. And she was actually the one that drove our family to buy tickets for the musical and got me obsessed with it. So yes. we kind of, we definitely got obsessed together. That has to be our thing. I always find something and then I get you obsessed with it. Except for Book of Mormon. I found you Book of Mormon. Yes. <laughs> um, so. And what I think is special about musicals uh, with story combined with music is is that when words fail, it's music that kind of fills in that gap for expression that we don't get in every day um, if you go to the theater and you see a straight play. And I think, you know, having the plot set to music, the music isn't for the people performing, it isn't for the characters, it's, it's for the audience, really. And even though that's a given, you know, having the wall between singing and... That's just kind of the character being able to work something out. You know, when a character is singing, most of the time, they're not forced to hold back anything. So, so, that, so that freedom that comes in song, I think, actually allows us to work through uh, our emotions more efficiently when we're on stage. And, you know, kind of allows us to get to the gristle of ourselves faster. Because I think singing requires a lot of emotional energy. Well, it seems to me 
like if you look at especially like Shakespeare plays and older plays, there's the soliloquy, which is like, you know, when they have their big monologue and it's their own personal experience. It's their little time where they kind of bring you into their world. And that always happens after there's some big climactic moment. But in musicals, it's like right off the bat, we're like, we're taking you into this world and showing you where we are and the type of people we are and the type of person like the characters are on the inside without even showing other people by like having an opening number or a prologue or even an overture. Mm. So why, so why wouldn't someone be drawn to a musical, Lauren? And actually, uh, fun fact, so Lauren is going to college, and she starts on the 9th uh, online due to COVID-19. Yes. But she is studying musical theater, so before all her current opinions are debunked, I want to know, so why should one uh, dislike musicals? I think that there are times when it's, like, too... Sorry for the awkward pause here. We had a quick technical error and cut the audio for this part, but basically we started discussing Heathers and particularly Seventeen and how um, that song overshadows the reality of what these two teenagers have just been through and that it sort of takes away their frivolous last sort of wistful... It's, it's pitiful almost. Like, they're garnering for pity and when you murder someone that... You know, that's a moral threshold that you cross, and I feel like you you can't ask for sympathy. So I think I think that piece, musically, was very well written, but I, I think the, the tone was off. And that is what was discussed previously to this moment. So, you know, she, okay, so Veronica, she's this lonely nerd who, you know, rises to popularity and kind of commits a little hubris, you know, has sex with this, you know, dangerous sort of boy. And and that's all all right. Like, you can move past that. Like, we get it. Adolescents make mistakes. But then she murders somebody. And I'm not, I'm not devaluing that plot line, okay? But then they go into can't we be 17 Mm. and because the song is so beautiful and because you know they're all wistful and sorry you want to be like oh my gosh you're right you should be 17 which I guess it's just my personal opinion that you know once you cross the threshold of ending someone's life whether that's in a story or in reality you you're not allowed to maintain that wistfulness. You can no. wish you didn't do it, but you can't say, "Oh, can can I can't I just be a teenager?" No, because you you under you understood the, the implications, and you just you just kind of let it happen. Right, like because in that particular moment, because the first time they kill someone, they kill Heather, like the Chandler. Yeah, and it's with the the, the drain drain fluid, mm. and Veronica saw. Well, no, she didn't know. Actually, wait, she did not know. But after she found out, she didn't break away. She didn't call the police. She didn't decide that this was not the path she wanted to go with. And I guess that song would be more accept acceptable 
if Veronica you know, sang it by herself. And he agreed with her. And then they decided that they wanted to be 17 and proceeded to go and continue on their little murderous rampage. Right. And, like, so this goes back to the topic of musicals, is people use the beauty and power of songs sometimes to kind of o overlook certain moral boundaries that need to be examined without the frills of music and if you and you can write powerful songs about morality just don't just don't write the wrong song and make the song so appealing that you're forgetting that you're forgetting the significant event that occurred yes exactly But that's just that's just mostly my opinion on Heather's. But the moral of the story, you can write powerful powerful pieces, but don't use the the power of a piece to uh overshadow the the gravity of another event. Exactly. Like, what's great about musicals is you can have bad things happen and you feel soothed by the music. Like, you can, it's a little bit of a break, it's a little bit of an ebb and flow. But you can't, well, then you have to have those hard-hitting, emotional, like, crazy, cry-your-eyes-out songs so you can grapple with events that happened, regardless of the plot that have occurred. Mm. But we're, we're getting pretty negative. Uh, yes. Um, so Lauren, will you tell me more about your opinion about how historical context and representation of emotion is more easily expressed in verses? Well, there's something about, so musicals span time throughout, mm. Uh, I'm sorry. Alright. So basically, you know, musicals are not only taking place in the present day. There are musicals that take place in the future, musicals that take place way in the past, musicals that take place in years that don't exist and times that don't exist. But when there is something that is representing a cultural beacon or some a significant event throughout the history of the world, there's something that is really important about the music that tells everything about the emotions that is more easily uh, expressed and sort of uh, understood in music. Because I think about the musical Ragtime, and so that is all about um, the upper-class uh, America pre-war, post-World uh, pre pre War One, and uh, about the uh, incoming of immigrants in America and also the rising of Harlem's uh, black community and the opening number which is called ragtime so uh, a good majority of it has no words but there's a pulsating rhythm that accompanies the entire like it's like 10 minutes long uh, prologue to this musical and 
because the whole theme of it is that the world is changing. Things are happening. You know, there's about 94 years until the next century and things are about to pop off from here, especially once the Archduke is shot and the war begins and the world changes. And there's something about that opening number with the pulsating rhythm. Like, you, like, feel, you, like, feel the tension of the war and you feel people with their guard up because, like, Everything they know, all the morals, all the rules, all the class systems that they have been ingrained in them are about to crumble and you can feel it. And there's something so special about that. Because even if you're sitting in a history class and you're learning about all of this, you know, they explain to you what happens and you learn it and, you know, you take your test and you know. But there's something about literally feeling the tension of time moving that is so special. I'm almost getting a little choked up thinking about it because of how well you feel the emotions that you can't that that's not given in a play or a movie or a documentary about a historical event and if if i may mm. lauren and see topics like this aren't so discussed uh aren't discussed as openly because you know in the 50s and 60s musicals got this rap of being kind of chintzy and and nothing and not very tangible, just kind of gaudy. And yeah, it's just like boy meets girl, ooh, like whatever. Like it's just, it was really ridiculous. Anyway, continue. And that's how musicals started, but you know, gradually we started to realize that this is a great vein of telling stories that that is actually tangible because you know there's something about music that's so tangible that isn't isn't always. Uh, so with words it's easier to memorize you know you hear those rhythms in your head all the time you recognize the tune and you can like recall facts so you think about like Hamilton for example like that is about the creation of America and it inspired so many people to learn about that purely because of the musical aspect to it but Moving on from that, that's just one of my things. I could go on and on and on about historical context in musicals and just the, in, in general, the learning that one experiences, the life lessons and the history lessons. And there's something so relatable about watching, and it depends on the musical you're watching, it depends on the characters, but as I was saying, there's something so relatable and so courageous about, you know, watching a character be written a certain way in dialogue and watching that song kind of break them down and and melt them away well most oftentimes what they say isn't what they sing right and i just love that i just love that contrast and i i would like to think that they're you know as musicals stand now or as they've always stood but especially now as they're becoming more complex it's like the song is really internal dialogue and I think it's so powerful how you know it encourages us to explore that I agree because we we love to sing we've grown up in choir and, and theater and, and things like that and I've always found that when I'm preparing for an audition or even just singing for fun I always, every song gives me very distinct imagery and, and vid mm. visuals, and I think of that. And a lot of that stuff isn't necessarily things I vocalize. They're just 
little things that are part of me that kind of only can come out when I'm being very, very raw. Yes, there's something about, like, it's almost, like, cathartic to be in a musical, to sing songs and sing emotions that are so deep, uh, and, well, sometimes not deep, but so just that begs, that they beg to be expressed, and it's just, like, really special. It's almost like screaming underwater, kind of. Mm. But, uh, it's getting close to time, it's... And also, uh, for anyone who's listening, this is our first episode, and we understand that it is not perfect, and we are working on uh, updating our software and our quality, and we're going to continue to work on this. And and we want to be people who, above all, uh, are not only, um, you know, insightful and possibly uplifting, but also something fun and relaxing to help you uh, get through your day. And we will work out the kinks gradually, but... Thank you for all those who listened to our first episode, and we hope that they can only get better from here. Exactly. We're doing this to connect ourselves uh, and to have something to kind of bond us as I hopefully eventually go away uh, once the pandemic dies down. So uh, thank you for listening. And uh, we actually didn't discuss all the topics we wanted to today. So maybe if we get some good feedback from this, we will do musicals part two and get into some of the deeper stuff we discussed earlier. Yes. All right, so have a good rest of your day, and we will see you next Saturday. See you.